And um, a lot of these guys, they come in on Saturday night and they spend the night with us and hang out with us. And we're so thankful for that. And um, yesterday we had wings in Winter Garden. So I feel like I really culturized them. And there's nothing more fun to me than to watch white people eat chicken wings. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. I don't know if that's just me or if that's a few of us in here today. But they're just like, um, I'm not Pastor West. I'm not exactly sure how to do this. You know, and I'm like, just go for it. Like, I'm proud of you. Just, just do you, boo. You know? And uh, <clears throat> I woke up this morning and every shower was being on. It was, was on this morning. And, and uh, we have a... Um, we have all the, we have a bedroom, uh, we have four, four bedrooms in our house, and every single, every single bed was filled in my house last night. We had people on the floor. We had every single couch was occupied. I mean, we might have had a room for maybe one, or maybe like a half of a person left, because the, the little couch was still available. My mother-in-law dropped off mattresses yesterday, so we were able to use those mattresses also, and like, we had all the people everywhere, and I was thinking to myself, and I'm so thankful that, um, I was just so, I'm so thankful to be able to pastor this church and to serve um, serve you guys and to love you guys. And, and this team that leads us every single week, um, ma- majority of them are, again, like at my house for the night. And uh, we stay up late on Saturday nights. And I don't really like doing that, but <clears throat> I like hanging out with them. I don't like staying up late. I like hanging out with them. And uh, we had a good time tonight, l- the last night, just laughing and joking. I-, I was so excited to get to church. I was like doing my thing. I wouldn't woke up trip. I'm like, hey, bro, everyone's in the shower. He's like, all right, I'll use your shower today. And so I was like, I don't really want you to, but fine, you know. And so hopped to my shower. Iron my shirt for me down. I'm like, dude, do it yourself, you know. Like, get a parent, you know. Like, he's like, you're mine. And so I'm like ironing his clothes, and, and I got here, and like, hey, can you help troubleshoot this screen? I'm like, yeah, no big deal. Well, I started helping troubleshoot the screen, and I actually broke both screens today. And so, like, um, it's been one of those, it's been one of those mornings. I was talking to Chief Ogden today. I'm super excited. This, um, I'm really close to having all my stuff put together so I can become a chaplain for the um, uh, Winder, Windermere Police Department. Chief Ogden came today, and he said, this is, you guys are experiencing what we call Murphy's Law. And I'm like, never heard of it. He said, if anything bad can happen, it can happen. And, um, and then to make, it all, to make it all more crazy, I've, I've somehow I've been able to pick all the coldest days in the world to do baptism. I don't know, what I, I don't know what's wrong with me, but March, like it should, be, it should not be cold in March. So we baptized today in 60-degree weather. And I'm so thankful. All that to say this, I'm glad you guys are here today. I believe God's going to do something incredible. I, I told our team this morning, um, I mean, God's going to do something incredible. I don't know what it is, but he's going to do something. That you're here today already, that you've, like, you got up, you got your clothes on, you guys made it here today. Like, that's already incredible enough. The enemy has been out, like, God's been trying to pull you into this space all week long. And the enemy's been able to, been there to try to trip you up the whole week. Like, he's been trying to do his best to keep you guys out of this space. And so we just believe that God's going to do something incredible in your life today. We're starting a brand new series called The Good Work. We're starting to bring this series called the, the Good Work. And here's what we believe. The last probably three months, I've been teaching you guys the verses of Scripture that I want you guys to hang on to and that you want, I want you guys to memorize. And this, uh, this series, again, this month, God's given me another verse that he wants, I believe, for you and I to memorize. Philippians chapter 1, verse 6, the Bible says, as I, Paul says, I am certain that God, who began the good work, which is what we're calling this series. We're calling this series The Good Work. He says, I am certain that God... I am positive, I'm sure, like, I love that he used the word certain. Like, I, I 100% sure, without a doubt, believe this, that God who did a work within you, he will continue the good work or he'll continue the work until it is finally finished, until the day of Christ returns. So here's what you need to know. God has started a work inside you. <clears throat> He's not going to stop until it's finished. Some of you guys in here today, God put a calling in your life a long time ago. God's not going to stop until that calling is complete. Some of you guys, God has saved you. You like you've been saved. You've been saved by God's grace. You know that. He's going to continue to help you take the next steps until you get to heaven. And by the way, bad news and good news, you're not done taking next steps until you get to heaven. So keep on taking steps. The Bible says don't go weary and well doing. So if you get tired of taking good steps, 
Just want to let you know, don't. Because you got to continue to take those steps. Because God has a plan for your life. What he starts in us, he also finishes. Revelation says he's the alpha, he's the omega, he's the beginning. And he's in what he starts in you. He also finishes in you. Nudge your neighbor and say, God's not done. Nudge your neighbor and say, God's not done. God's not done. He's not done with you yet. <clears throat> he ain't done with you yet. You know, however you got to say it, he's not done with you. Here's what I believe with all my heart and all my soul and all my mind. I believe that what God did, God did the good work on the cross so that you and I could do the good work on this earth. God did a good work on this, on the cross so that you and I, we could do a good work right here on this earth. And he wants us to do it. He's got a work prepared for us to go out and do. One of the things that we started doing, um, I think year, year two or year three of the churches, we started partnering with the, with the Habitat uh, for Humanity. And, and I was able to, to um, we, we, we sponsored and helped them put in homes right here in our city. And man, we've been here for a short time, six years, but every time we go into East Winter Garden area, there's a new home put up by the Habitat for Humanity. And we're one of their partners. I just mentored a, a lady named Antoinette, and she has two little uh, two, two young, young men, and they're moving into a home this week. I got to pray, and I got to mentor Antoinette, getting her ready uh, for this home. And I just believe that God did all the things that he did on the cross for us. The one thing he did on the cross for us was save our souls so that we can make this life on earth better for the people. Like, he didn't save us so we can say, cool, I'll see you in heaven. He says, cool, I saved you. Now let's do the good work. Let's do the good work that he wants you and I to do. He wants all of us to do. Um, the greatest work that we can do is lead people to Christ. It's the greatest work we can do. And then after that, they can begin to take their next steps. We just baptized uh, some of our friends um, in the frigid water. And I think we may have a video that we can show you guys um, from some of their stories. You know, this freshman or sophomore year where I made that, like, definitive leap that Christ is true and real. And that's when I truly gave my life over to him. We had in my school a pastor and a youth pastor that would come in during lunch times. They'd visit the tables, I had friends that were involved with the church, and you know, I just kept seeing that and seeing that, and I was like, hey, I wanna get involved with that. So that was the initial draw, and I started to attending a youth group, eventually started going to the church with my friends. I wanna get baptized again because um, since then a lot has happened, and you know, only going for a few months and just starting out, I only had, you know, so much of an understanding. And now years later, uh, going to college, you know, getting a little lost here and there, and, you know, finding my way back, finding my husband. And now, you know, being married to him, we're now one. We're in this new kind of relationship with God as well. I just want to renew that and renew my commitment to him, to the church, because this is where we want to grow. You know, this is our future and he's our future. Looking at it through a new light, I feel that I owe it to myself and to Christ with my fresh set of eyes to get baptized again. I think that this is the best route to go. Hi, I'm Colby. I'm 13. I've been following God ever since 2017 at Warren Willis Summer Camp, and I want to get baptized to strengthen my relationship with God. It's actually not too long ago at youth group. Uh, we were sitting one night and Ryan had just finished speaking and he asked us all to close our eyes and he's talking about, you know, who, like, this is, you know, this is what you want to do and you want to be with God, but you can do it right now. Like, pray this prayer with me. And I was like, this is what I want to do. Like, it was just kind of my moment. I was like, okay, you know, I got this and it's what you've been looking for. 
Hi, my name is Christy. I'm originally from Greenville, South Carolina. Basically, I saw it online and I came to church. Um, and shortly thereafter, COVID happened and I went to COVID Hope Church. So I was saved on Easter Sunday, sitting on my couch by Pastor Wes uh, during a Sunday service. And I want to get baptized because that is my next step closer to God. That is the path that I need to take and now it's time. So coming up on that year anniversary of being saved and here I am to get baptized. they were impacted by somebody else. Every single one of those stories were impacted by somebody else. Someone had to bring them. Somebody had to dry them. Somebody had to drop them off. Somebody had to share with them Jesus Christ. Someone had to keep on loving them when they thought that science was the way. And someone had to keep on pouring into them and, and caring for them and loving them and giving them grace. And, and that's the good work that God's called you and I to do. But I need you to know, Tay, some of you guys in here today, you've been coming to church here for a while and you're not 100% sure like where you fit in at. Uh, today I'm going to give you a space to fit in at. Some of you guys are like, I'm not sure if I have all the answers. You don't have to have all the answers. But here's what I need you to know, though. You need to know that God specializes in order people. God specializes in using ordinary people. And, I, and I, when I look around this room here today, one out of one people in all the seats in your day, you're ordinary. And uh, maybe you're like, I don't really know what that means. Uh, the kids call it basic. And um, so you're just, you're just basic. That's all of y'all are just, we're all just ordinary, basic, average people. But when I read the Bible all throughout, I've been able to read a lot of it. When you go from story from Genesis to Revelations, you see that God uses ordinary people over and over and over again. So I want to read a story out of the book of Nehemiah today where God used an ordinary person. I want to pull out some truths out of this passage of scripture that I think you can apply to your life, that I can apply to my life. I have sat through enough sermons in my life to know that God wants you and I, both all of us, to know that he has a plan for our life. The question, not, the question that we have to answer now is, are we going to fulfill the plan that God has for our life? Are we going to jump and are we going to play our part? Are we going to play our part? Um, Lance and, and um, Sarah are here today, and, and they were coming to church, just coming to church. And I said, hey, God's got a plan for your life. God's got a plan for their life. And they began to serve. And now I say, hey, cool, God's got a plan for your life. I'm like, okay, what else next? Now it's time for you to go to a group. Okay, now we're in a group. God's got a plan for your life. What next? Now it's your turn Now it's your turn to lead a group. And they're like, uh, you want too far, Pastor Wes. But now they've led a group. Their job is to find someone in their group to pour into them to go out and lead the next group because God's continually asking us, to take next steps. God's continually asking me to take next steps. Some of you guys, you walk through the 21 days of prayer with us, and you're like, man, praise God, I have come so far. That's just the beginning. That when we ended the 20 days of prayer, that was the beginning. God's got more for you. God's got more for all of us in this room and here today. So I want to encourage you today, continue to take your next steps. In the last five and a half years, we've baptized 100 people. Today, we baptize another 10 more people. And we're going to continue to baptize people because that's another step. But God is in the business of using and specializing in helping people who are ordinary do extraordinary, extraordinary things. He's in the business of doing that today. The Bible says in Nehemiah chapter 1, I love this story. Nehemiah chapter 1, it's, we, we preach this, I think we preach in Nehemiah, the book of Nehemiah. We preached that like month four of the church, six years ago. And I loved it so much, I'm like, man, I want to bring it, bring it back now, bring it, bring it back now. So verse 1 says this, these are the memoirs of Nehemiah. This is his story. And um, he's in the king's palace, hanging out, doing life, eating good, living good. Verse 2 says, Hananiah, one of my brothers, came to visit with me with some of the other people who arrived from Judah. And I asked the people, hey guys, how is it back home? How is it, how is it in Jerusalem? Like, how are things going back where, where we came from? How are things 
going. And here's what they said. Bad news. Things are not going well for those who return to the province of Judah. They are in great trouble and great, dis great disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Does that sound familiar to anybody? If it doesn't sound familiar to anybody, just go turn your news on. That sounds like 2020 and 2021 if I've ever seen it before. Things are not going that great. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and they said, you know, I, just, I believe we live in a, and she's learning, she's joining her faith with Jesus Christ. She's like, I just believe we're in a new era. And I said, here's what I love about the Bible. The Bible was good in the last era, it's good in this era, it's going to be good in the next era. All of the scripture is inspired, God breathed. God knew we'd walk through 2021 a long time ago, so he gave us truths way back then that we could apply today. Everybody say yes. The same Bible that worked, get this. The same Bible, because this, this is a problem that we find in society today, among Christians and not Christians alike, they think the Bible doesn't work today. Like God knew, I don't know if you know this, but God knew about today before you knew about today. He knew that. He knew that. He knew that all the things that we see going on, the, the hatred, the division, the confusion, the frustration, he knew all of that. I was telling a friend of mine, God designed the world the way that he designed the world. God, designed, God designed, designed the world, and he also designed the order that it should all take place in. He designed it. So I, I was telling a friend of mine today, like, God, like, God, God made man, and, and, and once he made man, it was pretty clear back then. For some reason, it's not clear today, but when God made man, when he made man, it was clear, and he said, man, things aren't good here. He needs a woman. Like, and so he made, a, he made a woman, and throughout all of history, he showed it. It works better with a man and a woman who are married, it shows the course, it's, it works better this way. The moment we introduce something that's, not out, that's outside of Scripture, things get confusing and distorted, and things go, things go haywire. And so I was telling my friend, like, the Bible still works today. I said, I would change the way I believe if God showed, a, showed me something in Scripture where he changed the order and it worked. But any time when we see order out of place, it does not work. Say Amen. That's for someone in here today that needed to hear it. It's pretty clear. God designed things the way he's supposed to be designed it, but because of sin, because of, because of voluntary sin, things have gotten chaotic, and we find ourselves in a very Jerusalem-like society today. In this time, in this age, it's, this is like we're in Ecclesiastes with a group of men. We're going through the, this book of Ecclesiastes, and, and it said this, that things happen over and over and over again. And I just believe, church, I hope you're in this with me, I believe that we could change some things for the next generation. I believe we can change some things for our kids and our kids. I, I know my dad's in the front row. I'm, always, I'm thankful I get to speak into, into multiple generations. But I know the things that my dad dealt with in high school were not things that I dealt with. And I'm fighting so hard that my kids don't have to deal with some of the things that the progression's not getting better. Have you all noticed that? It's not getting, it's not going in the right direction. It's like halting. It's like we made a huge turn. We're like, and there's a generation of us saying, hey, let's pump the brakes. Let's go back the other way. And the way that we're trying to get them to go is let's, we're, trying to get them, we're trying to get people back to Jesus. The name of Jesus. You don't need no lyrics for that. Just say Jesus, Jesus over and over and over again. And so whenever we see the order get messed up, we see, problem enter, we see problems entering. We see frustrations entering. Some of you guys are fighting causes and injustices in this, in this community that, in, in our world and, and today that were once not injustices. They were once, they, they were once not an issue to have to fight for. But because the way our world is so chaotic right now, we're having to fight for things that matter and the things that matter, the things that matter to God. Verse 3 says, things are not going well. They're in a great trouble and disgrace. 
The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. Now, gates were a very common thing in, this, in, the, in, the, in the scriptures from the old times because that was, their, that was their way of protection. Today, we hire an off-duty cop. But, today, but back then, it would have been these huge, thick walls. That's what, that would have been there. There'd be a lot of land, a lot of walls, big, thick. Like, you could walk on these walls, and there was spaces where they can come and take, keep an eye on the city. But the city was in shambles, not doing well at all. Nehemiah said, when I heard this, I sat down and I cried. In fact, for days I mourned, fasted, and I prayed to the God of heaven. We're going to see he prays over 12 times in this passage. In the book of Nehemiah, prays over 12 times. Like you have, How many of you know, like, when you, when you need something, you got to pray extra. Some of y'all need, you need something to happen in your life. You pray, you pray extra every single night. We, every single night when we pray, our team, our, our staff meeting, um, our kids, we, we pray for um, Diana's cousin, Baby Baker, who doesn't have a heart. He's almost six months old, still no heart. We pray every single day of that. And every day we pray the same prayer. God, would you bring the, would you bring the heart today? I'm like, don't wait, God. Like, bring the heart Bring the heart today. And we believe that God's going to answer in his timing. I wish it was on our timing, but it's not. We pray for marriages a lot at our church. We, as, as we watch anniversaries come and go, we see people stay married. We see people get divorced. We pray, for, we pray for the next gen so, 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 so much. I believe we can invest in the next generation. We could fix some of the things that we're struggling with as a, as a society today. So verse 4 says this. When I sat down, I just began to cry. I've cried for this city I've cried for our world in this last six months, eight months, year. God put the city on my heart. My heart's broken. My, my, my heart breaks for this city. When I drive through East Winter Garden, the space that we're making these homes and, and, and places that we see, I, when I get on social media, my heart breaks, see people that are struggling, that they're hurting. And Nehemiah has that moment. And here's what he says. Oh, Lord, God of heaven, the great and awesome God who keeps his covenant of unfailing love, those who love him, and obey his commands. He, he recognizes who God is. Can I ask you a question today? Do you recognize who God is? When things begin to fall apart today, I just, I just started singing this song. This is the day, this is the day that the Lord has made, that the Lord has made. I will rejoice, I will rejoice and be glad in it, and be glad in it. And it keeps on going. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Some of my old school church people are like, I love this guy. He's straight Baptist. I will rejoice and be glad in it. This is the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. It's on that real fast time. I think that's 2-2. Two, two. That's for someone in the back today. Like, it's just, it's just quick. It's just fast paced. You got to get singing that thing. And I just remind, like, this is the day the Lord has made. Like, you don't need all these things. I'm going to rejoice no matter what. He knew who God was. Nehemiah said, hey, God, I know who you are. Some of you guys are going through seasons. I, uh, one of our friends here today, she's in the back. She, she, uh, one of the people posted on one of the social media sites, like, hey, having a hard time with my kids. And she's like, you need to get your kid to church. And your kid needs to meet Jesus. And I'm like, yes, that's what I'm trying to say. It sounds so much cooler coming from somebody else. You know what I'm saying? I feel like I'm saying that to everybody nowadays. I love that. Like, your, 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 kid, needs, your kid needs to come to our youth group. Your kid needs to get around some people. Like, you need to be in church. Pastor Dave said last week, don't skip the first Sunday. Because when you skip the first Sunday, it's easy to skip the second it's easy to skip the third. Our trainers in here today with these athletes today that are training these high-level basketball players. They don't say, hey, come whenever you want. They say, every day. Like, come every day and put that work in. You guys that train physically and, 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 and you do different exercises, like you, every day. Every day. Like, you're trying to work out. We got to be about God every single day. He's like, hey, God, hey, we need some help. So here's what he says. He gets a little bit further. He says, listen to my prayer. Listen to my prayer is like, 
It's like when, moms, you know, when you walk with your kid and you grab them by the cheeks and you say, listen to me. That's what that is. That's what God's saying to Nehemiah. Or like as they get older, you grab them by the cheeks. You have like a come to Jesus moment, and uh, which is usually not a positive thing. But it's like, yo, you know, you those cute little, I look at those little cute little cheeks on the second row. Sometimes you just want to grab her cheeks. You have to, you know, like you just grab that cheek. Listen to me. I have a six-year-old. He's like in a whole other space realm. I'm like, hey, bud. And while I wait for him to make eye contact, I mean, once I get him with eye contact, I'm like, I got to work quick. You know, like, I got a moment. I'm like, hey, bud. Nehemiah grabs God by the face and says, God, I need you to listen to me. <clears throat> I'm bothered. I'm frustrated. The city's in shambles. And he says here, look down and see my praying. Look, at, look down and see me praying. And that's kind of funny, too, to me. Like, that's how I read the Bible. Like, what, look down and see me praying. Like, God's like, I see everything. <laughs> like, I, I actually already was. I'm actually glad that you said that. He goes, Listen to my prayer. Look down and see me. I confess that we have sinned against you. Even my own family and I have sinned. We have sinned terribly by not obeying the commands, decrees, and regulations that you gave us through your servant Moses. I love this. He begins to shift. He says, guys, I know we've done the wrong thing. I know we've messed up. It's called repentance in the New Testament. He goes, I know I've messed up. I know I've made mistakes. Verse 8, please remember that you told your servant Moses, if you are unfaithful to me, I will scatter you among the nations. But verse 9 says this. I like this but right here. But if you return to me and you obey my commands and live by them, then even if you are exiled to the ends of the earth, I will bring you back to the place that I've chosen you for my name to be honored. I don't know where you come in here today, but Jesus can bring you back to him. He wants to bring the city back to him. He wants to bring this nation back to them. I love what Giselle said back in our 20 days of prayer. It's been burnt to my mind. She said, I still have hope. I still have hope. And it was a season of my life where I've lost hope. I've never lost hope in God, but sometimes I lose hope in humanity. I told my guys the other day, I want them to make me a sign. You know that sign guy? As far as I can go with this jacket, it's a little tighter. You know what I'm saying? COVID-19. I, I want to make a sign that says, I, I told my team this yesterday. I want to make a sign that says the mask works in the, the mask works in church. Like you seen the sign guy? <laughs> I just want to say that the mask works. Like I just want to hold that sign up. You know, like I just want to walk around. Like, like hey, we. I believe. I still have hope. I still have hope. We still have hope in humanity. I still have hope. I see. I see. I see a generation that's coming up and saying, hey. We want to be a part of this. I see little young people being baptized, and I see rows of students. It's so funny. When we a year ago we used to set up these two two rows of orange chairs. We had no kids to put in the orange chairs. We're still back there collecting dust. It was a really really cool idea. But now we've got kids coming in the droves and bringing their moms and bringing their dads. Like, hey, moms and dads, I want to I want to encourage you today. Catch up. Our kids are leading. Our kids are serving. Don't let your kid outdo you. Like that's not even in the Bible. That's common sense. I'm not letting my kids put more work in than me. I wanted them to follow me as I follow Christ, not me follow them as they follow Christ. I don't know where that came from, but it just felt like it was supposed to be said. Please remember what you told Moses. There's consequences for your sins, but there's also reward for our obedience. I'm going to bring you back to the place. Let's get back to the place. In a moment, in first, our second service, we sing a song called, I'm Coming Back to the Heart of Worship. Let's get back to where we're supposed to be at. Verse 10 says this, The people you rescued by your great power and strong hand are your servants, God. Oh, Lord, please hear my prayer. He's got God by the face. He's got him locked in. He's like, look at me, look at me. Listen to the prayers of those of us who delight in honoring you. Please grant, look at, look at those of us who want to put the good work in. Look at those of us who are praying and asking God to do incredible things. Like, listen to us. Put it into his heart to be kind to me. He said, I, I skipped over, but he says, God, I, need to go, I gotta go to the king. Can you give me some favor with the king? 
he gets the favor with the king. This little, little part of the Bible verse right here is really funny to me. Here's what he says. This is the last part of verse 11. In those days, Nehemiah says, I was the king's cupbearer. In those days, I was basic. In those days, I was ordinary. I was 15 years old, church. My parents dropped me off for summer camp, and I was like, I'm going to summer camp. My dad got us up early that morning, we prayed. I got on a bus, we drove 18 hours to Pennsylvania, and my ordinary basic self, God said, I'm calling you out. The Bible, the preacher got there and said that the laborers are few, the laborers are few, but the mission is great, and I signed up for the mission of God. And I want to encourage you today, the mission of God is the good work. But I believe that the mission of God is for Travis like it is for me. And it's all the way back around to my dad. You don't got to be a missionary. You don't got to be a pastor. You got to be obedient. I was at the gym this week, and I told this girl, you need to, go, you need to come to my church. You need to come to my church. And she's like, oh, I know. Do you know Tanya? I said, yeah. I said, is that the reason why you're not coming to the church? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I said, you need to come. I said, has she invited you yet? I'm there checking up on my people. I'm about to come to the gym. I'm going to come to the gym near you later. I'm going to go to your gym. Like, I'm at Planet Fitness. Did he invite you to church? Did they invite you to church? God's called us all to do the same exact work, and the work is to bring people to Jesus. That's the good work. That's not the message. I got four points to give you. Number one, open up your ears and hear. There's a point and an action. I think some of us here today, we may have our ears open, but we ain't really hearing. Guys, you, we're good at this. We call it selective hearing, or our wives call it selective hearing. We need to open up our ears and hear. Nehemiah says, guys, what's going on? Here's what I believe. I believe there's a world, there's a generation out there that's saying, please help us. Somebody please help us. Please send help. I believe that with all my heart. Some are Christians, some aren't. They're saying, please help us. I just, anybody can... Does anybody, can anybody hear me? That's, I feel like they're saying that. Please help me. I just need some help. I serve at the Habitat because the people that need some, they need some help. I serve on this YMCA board. I need some help. I'm going to be sworn in soon to be a chaplain from the Winter Place. I'm so excited. So I'm so excited because I, I want to serve people in a different capacity than I'm already serving them. They're saying, please send help. Here's the second thing. You've got to open up your eyes and see. You've got to open up your eyes and see. It starts with social media. You people are dying on social media right in front of us. we got to open up our eyes and see. Nehemiah was willing to, to help. He said, i got to go help. Some of you guys today, you don't go very far to see. You can just open up your phone and look on social media, and there are people that are saying, please help me. Please help me. You know what you need to do? You say, hey, can we get coffee? You can tell if someone has erratic post disorder. Come on. <laughs> Some people have that. I didn't even... That wasn't trying to, I was trying to be funny. <laughs> but that's funny. <laughs> Those of you guys are laughing. I'm praying for you right now in the name of Jesus. Somebody, you can tell someone's like all over the place with their posts. They, they're, 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 they're asking for help. <laughs> they're asking for help. We got to open up our eyes and see. You don't have to look very far to see either. There are people that are looking for God to do the good work in them. But they don't know how to get there. You can help them. Here's the third thing. you got to open up your heart and pray. Nehemiah prays 12 times. Here's something you should be praying. You should be praying this question. You should be praying, God, who can I bring to church? God, who can I share Christ with? God, who can I serve? God, who can I help? You can open up your heart. You'd be surprised what God would say to you if you asked him to say something to you. That's basic right there. You'd be so surprised. You'd be so surprised. Some of you guys, you don't, you don't need a, you don't, it's like, you, we don't, you don't need a sign, like just listen while you're here. 
Next steps is tomorrow night. Dude, serve with this church. We're giving you our best. We're giving you 100 every single Sunday, Monday through Friday. We're giving you our best. I promise you, this team, nobody works harder. For two and a half hours, we worked on one screen. The guy playing the keys was supposed to be back there to work on something, to make something else better. And we didn't get to do that. He's back here. We are giving you our 100% dead level best all day, every day. Jump on this team. It makes sense. Save people, serve people. That's basic. Ordinary people. You guys fit the bill. Hop in. You just, you just, you're like, I wish God would speak to me. He just did. Help us. Hey, here's the thing. If you need our help, we're going to help you. Yeah. We're going to help you. I was telling our team yesterday, I got a call there at night, 1030 at night. We're going to help you if you don't go to our church. We're going to help you if you don't jump on the team. We're going to help you regardless. We're going to help you. Because save people, serve people. You don't, have to, you, don't have to, you don't have to look very far. You don't have to, I mean, like, just jump in. When we say, hey, we need some help, just jump in. Some of you guys don't need to. Some of you guys specifically, God's telling you to do certain things. Like, you need to do those things. I had a guy come to my house and he goes, hey, God just told us to drop off this check. And I said, I'll be there soon. <laughs> you know, I didn't even have stick shit, but I was, you know, I was just pretending. <laughs> just felt right. I drive a truck. Lay airbags in it. Come on, boy. <laughs> um, skinny jeans and all. I, like, I got there. And I said, Dino, what did they say? They said, God just told them to do it. That's what you need to do. You just, some of you artists ask God, God, do you want me to do something different? Like, we're just giving you ideas. This do-good car in your seat right there, like, it's not like a mandate. Like, we're just giving you opportunities. We had one person say to us, she goes, God's called us, God told me to help serve people who are being rescued out of trafficking, and I'm a mentor for them. And that's what they're doing. That's not for all of us in here today. That's for some people. There's someone in here today came and goes, hey, we want to start, um, we want to start serving on Saturdays. So that guy <clears throat> is donating his time and his resources to go pump coins into the laundromat. I said, you don't get a bit, you don't, there's not a more captive audience in the laundromat. It takes two hours. My mom's in here today. Some of y'all don't know about the laundromat. Y'all need, y'all ain't been there. You don't have, like when you have six kids, you need that laundromat. <laughs> we need to open up our heart and pray and ask God, God, what do you want me to do? But can I encourage you to do something? When God tells you something, actually listen. I'm pointing the finger today at me. I got on my truck the other day and I was going to the gym. I had to get to the gym because that's important to God. You know, and so <clears throat> it's important to me. So I'm going there and I see this lady out there and God said she was putting her clothes out on her fence. And God told me, help her. Buy her. Help her. See if she needs a dryer. And dumb me just keeps on driving, makes her right and goes to the gym and works out. Like I tell people, like, ask God to speak to you. Ask God to speak to you. God speaks to you. I don't even listen to him. Don't be like Pastor Wes. That sign, that's a sign too. <laughs> Don't be like Pastor Wes. Oh, oh, ask God, God, what do you want me to do? I love the Moses family. God told them to adopt a kid. I'm trying to adopt mine out, but they're adopting kids in. I love that. that God, but God told them to do that once. Might be a plug, I don't know. But, I, but that's not for everybody. But if you ask God, God, what is it that you want me to do? My sister-in-law, Giselle, she hands out umbrellas. That's smart. That's genius. She just, that's what, she just hands out umbrellas. That's, you know, that's not that big of a deal. No, that's, a, that's being like Jesus to people. If you ask God to help you, 
to do something, he will start telling you guys to do something. So I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to say, this is what we're all doing, we're all doing it together. Now it's awesome when we do it all together. The bud build that we postponed is going to be awesome. And when we package the 10,000 plus meals, that's going to be awesome. And serve it. All the things are great things. The weekly that we sell this stuff, like all, everything's better in community. I just believe that with all my heart. But I think God specifically today is telling some of you guys you need to do something specific. You just need to do that. I can't reach your coworkers. But some of you guys, God's telling you to reach your coworkers. You need to do that. And then number four, open your mouth and make a difference. Nehemiah goes to the king and says, King, I need some favor. What I saw bothers me. And I want to encourage you today. What's, what you see should bother you. What's in my heart? What's in my heart? It bothers me. And we can do something about it. We can do good. If we're going to change the world, it's going to start by doing good. So if you have a card around you, it looks like this. It says the good work on one side and the other side is the do good challenge. Next week, March 14th, we're bringing in diapers and wipes for Choices Women's Clinic next week. And uh, they're helping really rescue babies from parents that don't want those babies anymore. And um, they're trying to help people, educate people. And they're building their next location. We gave to, the, we gave to their building fund a, f- a few years ago, early on. Their next location is going right across from UCF. I mean, talk about a hot spot. Like they're going to be able to make a huge difference there. I'm so excited about that. So they, one of the things that they do is people are like, I don't know what options if they come in. So we're going to help you. We're going to give you diapers and wipes because it's expensive. Some people, though, when they don't know, listen, this is, this is profound. When people don't know what to do, they don't know what to do. Like, and so one step further, sometimes when they don't know what to do, they usually do the wrong thing until someone helps them do the right thing. So we're trying to help fund this vision that they have to serve these ladies. They're coming and saying, listen, I don't want this kid anymore. And we're trying to help these kids have life because well, we believe that those kids have a right to live because of the Bible. And so that's, that's next week. The week after is new socks and underwear for men and women. That's going to Matthew's Hope. March 28th is highlighters, post-it notes, dry erase markers, pens, Max Elementary School. And we're super excited about that. Hey. Do what God's called you to do. If we all do what God's called us to do, then we can change the world. We can make a difference. If you listen to God, if I would, if I would start listening to God, you start listening to God, we could do something incredible. You can do something incredible. We all can do something just ginormous together. Ginormous together. When you give today at Hope Church, whether you're bringing stuff, things, you're serving whether you're bringing a tithe and offering today, whatever it is that you're bringing, that's worship. And what God wants for all of us today is for us, all of us to have hearts that are about worship. I'm gonna invite you to stand to your feet. I'm gonna invite you to pray. Why would you stand? Would you begin to pray and ask God just to work on your heart? Maybe you just ask God, God, what is it? What is it that you want me to do? Like, yeah, you can do the things that we're doing, the card, all that's great. But I think maybe God's trying to get some of you guys to do something specific. Some of you guys, you're not on the dream team. God's telling you today, get on the call tomorrow night. Then go online, hopeinagarden.com, and click on um, events and register to serve on a team. That's what God's telling some of you guys to do. Some of you guys, you're not in a group. Groups are up and going. God's telling you to get, a group, get in a group. Some of you guys, God's telling you to start bringing your neighbors to church. Start bringing your neighbors to church. But why don't you take a moment where you're at and we just ask God to help you to know what you're supposed to do specifically. And then Gabe's going to sing these words over us.